0: What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 369 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. In light of the several diseases that are rife, do you have your biosecurity checklist ready? Biosecurity in agriculture describes measures used to lessen the possibility that animals would contact infectious diseases from one another. In the livestock sector, it is a significant factor, particularly in the early phases of infection, symptoms of a disease may not always be evident. In this episode, Dr. Zianda Majokwene Kwanlela, Deputy Director for Epidemiology, Biosecurity and the Laboratory Services in Gauteng, including Dr. Karen Shacklock, Laboratory Manager at AfriVed, shares the types of biosecurity out there and a must-have checklist for farmers. Dr. Zianda and Dr. Karen, welcome to Farmers Inside Jack. I am absolutely excited to have both of you join our Farmers Inside Tech podcast. Today, we will be delving into biosecurity. So Dr. Karen, I would like to start off with you. What exactly is biosecurity in agriculture?
1: Hi, Octavia. Hi, Dr. Ziyanda. Thanks for having me today. So biosecurity generally is the protocols and preventative measures that a farm or farmer puts in place to minimize the risk of infectious diseases entering his farm. And at the same time, if a farm has an outbreak of disease or is placed under quarantine, biosecurity measures ensure that that infectious disease does not leave the farm and impacts livestock and wildlife around the farm. So some examples of biosecurity measures would be adequate fencing. That's a very basic one that um, any livestock owner can do. And this stops wildlife or other livestock animals from entering the farm and spreading diseases that way. Access control, it's very important for a farmer to know who's coming onto his farm and for what purpose, and to even have a place that's separate from the production area where they can receive visitors, company reps, feed, deliveries that does not come into contact with his animals. Some very intensive production systems even have wash bays for vehicles. So vehicles are washed on entering and leaving the farm, and even Personnel entering the production houses have to shower in and shower out, put on a different set of clothes. Another important thing to remember is farm workers can transmit diseases within the farm. So, a farm, for example, a poultry farm has different poultry houses. It's important that staff members are dedicated to a particular house so that they don't spread disease between the different production houses.
0: Thanks so much, Dr. Karen and Dr. Zienda. What causes
2: diseases? Thank you so much, Octavia. And thank you for the invite to this podcast. There are many causes to diseases and the aspects that I play, what we call the host, which would be the animal. Then you will have an agent that would cause the disease and then the environment. So diseases are caused by an interaction between those three things. Now, when I unpack it, when we talk about the host, we talk about with the physiological state of the host. Is it an animal that is immunosuppressed because it is undernourished or is it an animal that is in good condition and therefore the immune system works well within the animal? The next aspect, obviously, is then the environment that that the animal is in. If there's unhygienic conditions and so on, for instance, one can say a disease like E. coli in poultry Is actually a management disease or an environmental disease because it's exacerbated by what the environment is like. Is it humid? Is there poor hygiene? And so on. Then the last aspect are then your disease causing agents. You will have then infectious agents such as viruses, bacteria, fungi, etc., blood parasites that can cause diseases. You can also have other Causes such as chemicals, excessive exposure to micronutrients. However, we will only focus on the infectious agents and what farmers can do to assist themselves in terms of enhancing the biosecurity on their farms.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Ziander. Dr. Karen, how exactly are
1: diseases spread? So, as Dr. Ziander mentioned, diseases can be infectious or non infectious. So, infectious diseases are those that can spread. Either between animals, those are contagious diseases, so contagious diseases can be passed on from one animal to another, either through direct contact or through coming into contact with body fluids of another animal. And then non-contagious means that it's still infectious, so it's still caused by one of those infectious agents that Dr. Ziander mentioned, a bacteria or a virus or a blood parasite, but it's not necessarily transmitted from one animal to the other. These agents require a vector, so they're called vector-borne diseases. Flies, ticks, and certain other insects can transmit diseases from one animal to other animals in the herd. For example, African horse sickness is transmitted by midges, those small, little flying, Culicoides bugs. Although this disease, this virus cannot be passed from one horse to another, it's that little flying insect that can transmit that disease. Another important mode of transmission of disease is actually the humans that come into contact with animals, we can take disease agents from one farm to another, which is why biosecurity is so important on vehicles, on clothing, on our hands, in feed. So there are certain diseases that fall into that category, like foot and mouth disease, which is a devastating disease for a country to to have outbreaks of. So biosecurity is very important to prevent the spread of those sorts of diseases. And then I just thought I'd mention zoonotic diseases. Those are diseases that can be transmitted between humans and animals. And it's not only from animals to humans, but humans can also pass certain zoonotic diseases on to animals. And this is something to bear in mind for every livestock owner, that there are diseases that can greatly impact human health that come from animals.
0: Dr. Zianda, what is the employee's duties to ensure a safe environment for animals?
2: You know, Octavia... I think the employee is probably the most important person within a farm and in terms of implementing biosecurity measures. You will find that there are various aspects to biosecurity. You have your conceptual biosecurity where there isn't much you can do about it. It's where the farm is. You also have structural aspects to biosecurity as well as procedural. Now, the procedural is the one that the employee has got a lot of control in and mainly what you want is for that facility to be poultry pig catcher. The employee needs to ensure that they stick to the procedures that are put in place for biosecurity. I will give an example. For instance, let's say you work on a poultry farm as an employee. There will be rules in terms of access. You need to make sure that you look at those rules. In terms of the premises, you may be required to shower in and out or have a change from street clothes. To the clothes that, that you work in, the observation of all of these procedures is so crucial because what we find with the disease outbreaks, actually, I will say, quite a large percentage of them, humans are at fault. Either they introduce the disease themselves or they introduce it four formides, their equipment and so on, where they don't wash their equipment properly, where the equipment has been in infected premises and then move it on, let's say, moving it from farm to farm or in between houses. So I always say that the employee is the most important person when it comes to biosecurity and ensuring that they keep biosecure compartments or areas, they maintain the integrity of those.
0: We've been speaking about diseases being spread just in the general aspect of biosecurity. But Dr. Karen, I want to come down specifically to livestock. How are diseases spread in livestock? Is it the same as the general understanding of what we were speaking about earlier? Or is there something different that happens specifically when it comes to the livestock?
1: Yes, I think the general rules apply as far as infectious diseases go, that certain diseases are spread in certain way. So, for example, let's take a disease like brucellosis, which is one of those zoonotic diseases I mentioned. That disease is spread, it's a bacteria, and it's spread through direct contact between animals and direct contact between an animal and the body fluids of an infected animal. So disease like brucellosis will spread very quickly within a herd. Your biosecurity measures on the farm will prevent that disease from spreading outside your farm. Or if you're a brucellosis-free farm, it will prevent that disease from coming into the farm. So that's a disease that's spread through direct contact and with contact through contact with the body fluids of an infected animal. A vector-borne disease is a disease such as babesia, red water, and cattle. That disease is transmitted through ticks. The biosecurity measures placed on a farm need to include vector or parasite control as well. So if a farmer is introducing new animals from another farm onto his farm, he needs to make sure those animals are isolated. And treated for internal and external parasites to prevent the transmission of diseases to his cattle that may not have that disease. A lot of diseases don't show symptoms at all, or they don't show symptoms during the incubation period. And isolation time is very important to make sure that diseases aren't transmitted before the farmer is aware of their presence. Another vector-borne disease is conjunctivitis, which is an eye infection, usually that it affects calves. Cubs live quite closely together on a dairy farm and many with calf hatches and flies can transmit this disease from one animal to another. So fly control is also very important part of biosecurity and infectious disease control.
0: So Dr. Zianda and Dr. Karen, you both have mentioned the various types of diseases, what they are, like for example, foot and mouth, etc. But what are some of those types of diseases that weren't mentioned, Dr. Zianda, and maybe just a brief description of what they look like? for farmers and our audience to be able to
2: look out for those signs and to know when it's important to actually go and see a vet. Yes, you're right. We did speak about the different types of diseases. Uh, Essentially, the way an animal that is diseased presents depends on the agent that affects it. When I talk about agent, it can be, as I said, it can be a virus, it can be a bacteria. So essentially, animals are actually like humans. When they are sick, you will see that the animal is ill. They won't want to eat. Sometimes they may be running a, a fever um, and then have various other clinical signs. For instance, your respiratory ones. I will refer back to poultry because I know it's a particular interest of many farmers. You may see that, for instance, the comb is cyanotic, is blue. So it means it's not getting enough air. Some may have rouse when they breathe. And others, you know, may also, some other diseases may also cause gut signs. So you may find that your animals present with a diarrhea. They will not eat. With laying hands, as an example, you find that your, your hands are not laying. Any the eggs, there's a drop. Or you find an increase in perhaps shell-less eggs or maybe soft eggs. That kind of issue. So the thing that I would like to leave our farmers with today is that when you want to farm and you want to farm seriously without impacting negatively on your neighbors, the best thing you can do for yourself is to consult a veterinarian because the veterinarian will be able to assist you in terms of the biosecurity measures that you put in place. They will also be able to assist you in terms of the vaccination program that you require, your specific vaccination program that you require for your farm and, and within your area. And then periodically, you engage with the veterinarians because they will also be able to assist you. Where you have animals that have died and you're not sure what is happening, they can also assist in terms of conducting post taking samples and sending those to the lab so that they can make a definitive diagnosis.
0: Dr. Karen, why is it important to have a
1: comprehensive biosecurity program and what exactly does that look like? Octavia, before I go into that, I would just like to echo what Dr. Ziander said about consulting with a veterinarian. Or if you're an emerging farmer and you want to consult with state veterinary services, there are lots and lots of resources online. Farmers don't have to go it alone. So I'd just like to reinforce what Dr. Ziander said. It's really important to empower yourself with knowledge and support. So as far as a, a good biosecurity program goes, from, from everything that we've discussed, it's so important for the welfare and the health of the animals on your farm, as a result, your production and profitability on farm, to ensure that you've given your animals every fighting chance at not getting a new infectious disease. So we really need to protect them from the challenges that our country in particular faces as far as infectious diseases goes. And then it's really important for the national herd. If there's an outbreak on a particular farm, biosecurity will prevent that disease from spreading to other farms and becoming a national crisis. We've seen with diseases like foot and mouth disease, like AI, it can have a massive impact on our country's economy if those diseases spread outside of a certain area. So a comprehensive biosecurity plan is so important. And it can look different on different farms. As Dr. Ziander mentioned, our intensive poultry and pig setups have very, very stringent biosecurity measures. An extensive beef farm might be less stringent, but it's equally important to have biosecurity, whatever your type of farm. And and this can look like checking your fences every day to make sure that your animals aren't leaving the farm or other animals aren't entering the farm. It can look like having adequate signage at the entrance of your farm, instructing vehicles to stop, showing non-farm vehicles where to park so that they don't risk bringing diseases into the production area. Can look like having a logbook of visitors, where they come from, where they're going to. Cleaning is very important. Disinfecting production areas and vehicles and shoes on entering and exiting production houses, that's really important as well. So like Dr. Ziander said, there are a lot of resources out there to assist a farmer in putting a good biosecurity system in place. You can Google something online, but what's even better is to contact your local bed or your local state bed office and ask for help.
0: Dr. Ziander, would you like to expand on the checklist that Dr. Karen just spoke about? What is that advice you'd like to give to
2: a farmer to be checklist-ready regarding their biosecurity? It's important for the farmers to use such checklists, and I will give you a resource at the end of this talk. To use these checklists because, one, when they do, it gives them the entirety of what is required in terms of implementing biosecurity on their farm or implementing biosecurity procedures. We have a resource. It's www.poultrydiseases.co.za. There's a section there on biosecurity, which they can click on and read more because there, it actually gives you a checklist. It's a checklist that we had developed while I was still working for the, the poultry industry. Essentially, I think Karen spoke about the premises. She spoke about the access control Other areas that you probably need to look at when it comes to your personnel, again I said they need to follow the procedures around some facilities you may be required to shower, the change of clothes, and so on. And also tests that may be required of them as a result of them working in certain facilities, such as for instance for Salmonella. The other aspect that we also need to look at, the equipment. Make sure that your equipment is used. The best way to do it is to have dedicated equipment for, for each house or for each farm and, and don't lend to others your farm equipment. The feed is also an important aspect. One needs to ensure that they get their feed from reputable suppliers. An example of diseases that may be spread around that. It could be your foot and mouth disease at times, even your your African swine fever. So it's important that you make sure that you buy feed produced under HACCP conditions with a reputable supplier. The other aspect that I, I want to finish on is when you introduce animals to your farm, because this is one of the areas where most farmers find difficulty. When you're introducing an animal, first of all, when you buy animals, buy from a reputable supplier of those animals. Secondly, when you introduce your animals, have a quarantine facility that is separate from the rest of your animals so that if that animal is carrying any diseases, those diseases do not spread to the rest of the animals. Those aspects are very important because we do find that people buy at auctions and so on. And I'm not saying that Auctions are not reputable. However, what you need to ensure is that when you buy an animal at auction, you have the history of the farm that those animals are coming from. So that becomes a very important aspect of that. Again, cleaning and disinfection programs. I cannot, I cannot express that more. It's very important for one to have cleaning procedures and to follow the cleaning procedures so that you can reduce the risk and the burden of disease within your farm. Those are the aspects that I could add on in terms of what Karen had indicated. Thanks
0: so much, Dr. Zianda Majokwene Kwanlela, Deputy Director for Epidemiology, Biosecurity and Laboratory Services in Hauden. And Dr. Karen Shacklock, Laboratory Manager at AfriVate. For more on the topic, visit www.footfomzanzie.co.za. And this week, step into the remarkable story of Mushobiri Makrobo, a hashtag soul sister transforming challenges into opportunities and infusing barren lands with growth, empowerment, and a vision for a brighter agricultural future in Limpopo. Um,
2: the for the next. Ten years what I see myself as this project, synergies, collaboration with various institutions. Like I say, Koteva encouraged me to put myself out there and I'm doing it for the community. My consultancy business growing, the vision is that by next year I would have at least 12 anchor clients that we do system design for. I have a team of five people that are working with me diligently and it's great. Mushubiri
0: is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Soul Sister program. Catch a full interview on www.foodformzanzi.co.za and on foodform YouTube channel. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. From me, Spandil, our technical producer, Megan Funded friend, and the rest of the hashtag team FoodFormZanzi. Thanks for listening.
2: Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean scroll through Twitter 4 minutes and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right?